0: Hey, you're listening to an upbeat rewind featuring Anthony Trucks on January 11th, 2021. Anthony is a former NFL football player and American Ninja Warrior. He's now an international speaker, host of the Aw Shift podcast, and founder of Identity Shift Coaching. And in this episode, we talk about how to make shift happen in our daily lives. And of course, Anthony brings a lot of really great insight to the episode. And I know it will help you with your goals. You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Anthony Trucks.
1: This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K.
0: Anthony, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeats. I appreciate it.
1: Happy to be here, man. I'm uh, excited to chat with you. We and I are on my podcast and I get to come hang out with you here.
0: Absolutely. And I've been very much so looking forward to this episode. Uh, I'm excited to to have this happen when it is at the top of the year, at, in January, start of 2021. Uh, because I think, I mean, we'll get into identity and stuff, but I feel like identity is a word that's overlooked and people don't fully grasp the real meaning of the word identity. Uh, and it's not really top of mind, but for some reason around this time of year, people are thinking about that and they're setting their goals for for the new year. So I'm very happy to make this happen uh, when it's happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, me too. I've I've Actually, it's funny. I I always spend time trying to refine things and identity is this thing of people like, oh, what does identity mean? Change yourself. And so I actually found some, some interesting ways to describe it a little different. But yeah, right now is the time for people to start doing this work. I mean, especially if they've spent any desire, any time trying to achieve something greater and they really want to this year. And the game changer will be those who take up this concept and apply it.
0: For sure. And before we jump into all those tactics, because I'm super excited about that, I do, I mean, I've researched your story. I know a bit about it. But for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with your, your story and the things you've been through, uh, could you just share with us kind of your journey uh, up through when maybe you were put in the foster system and then how things kind of shifted until who you are now?
1: Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, it's giving away a three in foster care, man. Grew up in a really crazy, crazy upbringing, crazy childhood. And it led me down some interesting paths trying to figure out how to live a life that I actually enjoy. Because right? a lot of people, as we honest, I mean, we don't enjoy most of the lives we live. We just uh, we go through the motions. And then sometimes we do have lives that are OK, but they're not great. And so my life was was horrible <laughs> to begin with. And uh, it got to the point where I eventually like I, I kind of made my first kind of pivotal shift. Um, that was when I was, you know, 15 years old, trying to find a way to be better at sports, and I got better at football so much so that eventually got a college scholarship, which led to the NFL and a whole bunch of more craziness. Uh, but man, the, the big reason why I'm here now and doing what it is that I do is I got to this point where, like I, you know, I, I grew up with a mom who, um, at 14, was diagnosed with MS, and so she was always battling MS, and throughout my life, man, she was a real big reason why I didn't become a statistics in in, in a prison or homeless or those kind of things like foster kids typically do. And when I went through kind of my life, I uh, when I got to these levels where I was always trying to figure out how to make things more successful, apply things in my life. And and you know, in football, it's easy. You just gotta go run real hard and lift some weights and catch a football and tackle people and like it's pretty simple. But then life, dude, life is a monster. Like it is older for me things trying to figure out how to pay bills and live life and enjoy this thing and climb and grow and, and do some more passion for your life. It's nuts. But what I realized was I came out of the NFL um after hurting my shoulder. And I wanted to, to build this, this whole new business, whole new life. And I broke my life in the process, man. I ended up you know, giving way too much time to things that did not need my time and energy. I, I was busy being busy. I neglected my family. So I lost my family. Business was always struggling. I was out of shape. Football was gone. Like it all just kind of went downhill. And I did what everybody does, right? I bought the books. I bought the programs, bought the courses. And I did all this stuff. I was trying to join my masterminds and memberships and all these things to get the success I wanted. And the more I put out, the less I got just what it was. I would put more money out, literally in my bank account. You'd see more money going out than any money coming in. It just wasn't working. And uh, in 2014, my mom passed away and I was in the room with her, you know, holding her hand as she took her final breaths, literally. And about an hour earlier, I'd had some time with her alone to kind of just make my peace, you know, and I'd given her two promises. At this point, I was divorced. I was out of shape. My business wasn't very good. I wasn't happy inside. My promise to her was, mom, I'm going to figure out how to make this thing great again. Like I'm gonna do that because you you are the big catalyst, like have have why I'm even here in the first place. And two, when I do, the best thing and most respectful thing I can do is to carry your message on by doing the same for other people. And and that was kind of like this promise that that sat on me. And and when my mom passed away and I went into my life, I was like, I gotta figure this thing out. And what I did was what everybody else does. We just take these things and try to make things work, you know, try to buy more stuff and, and engage and that never worked. And what I realized was the issue was never the information. The issue was never the, you know, the books or the course of the programs. All that stuff is phenomenal. The problem was who I was with it. And I don't mean how motivated I was. I don't mean my mindset with it. I quite literally mean the way that I was living my life with the information or what I was doing and not doing with it. And the shift for me, the major one came in 2016 when I finally, I woke up one day and just felt this wave of shame for the human I was and realized dude, something's gotta adjust. And I started looking real, real deep into Anthony to figure out what it is that I was doing because I was a common denominator in all my my failures. Everything, I was the one that was present in all of it. And the moment that I kind of got that, I was like, all right, I got to work on something. I started looking at like successful people because we all do that. Who's who's successful? How can I do what they're doing? And then if you start looking at like interviews, I started looking at interviews and people would ask them like, well, who were you back before you were successful with all this fame? And people would literally like just look up in the sky and then come back and say, you know what? I don't know. I was somebody different back then. And it was a, kind of like that That statement is an interesting one because if you think about it, they didn't say I had a different mindset back then or I had more money back then or less money. It wasn't that. It was like, I was a different person. And that should be a big, big, humongous red flag to people. Of the issue isn't the information, it's who you are with it. And so for me, I started doing things that were outside of who I saw myself to be. I needed to improve and increase like The rhythm of my life, man. I needed to have different routines, different responses, different habits, different actions I took. And that wasn't something I could do one time and hope to win. I knew it had to be enduring. And that led me down the path of of doing a whole lot of things that set my life up into a whole different flow of how I did things, a whole different rhythm with how I operate and see things and do things. And it brought my life back around, man. So I got to the point of fixing my marriage three years after divorce. My businesses thrive. I'm in good shape. Like I get to to enjoy life in a really cool tick. So I made good in the first promise and then now I guess the rest of my life, which I'm enjoying, uh, I get to make good in the second promise. I get to teach people how to do the same thing I did. Uh, anybody who's out there figuring out like, Hey, I want to, I want to have some more success in some area of my life. Do the next best thing that somebody needs to do is, is literally stop looking for a bunch of information. I think that there's, there is benefit to it, right? But before you start looking at more stuff to put onto your plate, you got to finish what's on the plate already figure out how to start doing the things you currently know to do. And then you start adding things to the, to the whole entire life you live. And that's when people have major breakthroughs.
0: It's absolutely insane. Like some of the things you've been through and, and the things that you've learned, but I guess ultimately from your past to who you are now, what's like the one thing that's consistently something you're passionate about?
1: Oh man, i I like humanity. It's always been a thing I, I like it, whether it's my family or whether it's people that aren't my family. Like, the funny thing I think is the world, the best and worst parts of this world are people. It just is like the, they can make you feel bad, make you feel amazing. And so the passion of always has been people, man. I just, uh, even as a kid, like I, it's funny as a kid, I didn't like people cause of the reasons of being foster care to some heinous people. But once I started like letting people in, I just, I have a immense joy for the the relationships I have, the family I have, like the joy I get. I think relationships give you access to joy. It just does. It's just, it's the bottom line in my head. I I don't even, anything that's been great and amazing great has been shared, shared celebrations or telling people what I accomplished and getting that that pump up. So the passion has been people for a long, long time. Uh, And it's cool that now I get to go back and actually do things that help other people achieve those things, man. It's cool watching people make money or save their marriages or get in better shape. Like it's really an interesting thing to have the power to be able to do that. Um, through information out of my head, but again, it goes boils back to the same thing. The difference between me and the information other people get from other people is that I'm I'm more of like, how do you do this? Like, not not what do you need to know all the time because there's things you need to know, but like now that you know this thing, how do you make this something you do consistently? Because when that takes place, man, it, that mm-hmm. that's how people's worlds change.
0: Yeah, well, in navigating the rocky waters, you know, to allude back to what you were. Uh, initially saying too, just that people change. They'd say things like, Oh, that's who I used to be. That's not who I am anymore. That's a different person. It's crazy how much people change. And so remaining consistent and recognizing that you're changing. I don't even know where to begin with that. What are your thoughts there? (laughs)
1: People usually don't notice they're changing, they just have changed. They, know, they notice that you know life may be a little bit different, but uh, people don't typically notice that they're changing because it takes one decision, it takes one new job, new relationship, and you're, you can literally just slide off into a new direction because anything you give your energy to becomes who you are, even if it's the wrong thing. And, and so for a lot of people, they, they don't quite grasp that's going on and they just are being somebody every day. It's very haphazard, like a leaf in the wind, and I think what people don't grasp is, if you if you don't take a look at this, this is the logic of it. If you're being somebody every day, that being becomes someone. It always does. Right? Just over time, if you're being a dad, you become a dad. If you're being a coach, you become a coach. It's just how it is. If you're being that, and nobody thinks about who they're being every day, they just get up and go through the motions to survive, to pay bills, to get things done. And it's not a luxury to think about who you're becoming. The thing is, it's a necessity. Cause if you just go through your life and you, you lose sight of it and you lose sight of the fact that, that who you're becoming is, is that's the key to having things. <laughs> like if I want to have more money, I want to have a better business. The key to that is becoming the person who has that more money, who has the, the, you know, the free time, who has the insight, become that person. When you do that, you get to have the things that person has. Without doing that, you don't get access to it.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I got to say this too. Um, you have a really cool quiz up on your website. And I want to make sure that I get that out there to the listeners. Um, what's the best link, I guess, that they could go to to access that quiz?
1: Yeah. If you go to www.slowergo.co, it'll take you to the quiz.
0: Awesome. So I took that quiz and my I, I'm just curious to know what mm-hmm. your identity types are, but then uh, share with you what mine are. Uh, mm-hmm. I got Doer. That's the one Good. that I got. Um however when I read through it, I saw a dabbler and I was like, I kind of feel more like a dabbler. So one, what are your identity types? And two, is it possible to kind of have a mix of identity types?
1: Well, yeah. So there's so there's different levels of doer that's a most people lose sight of. Um, the doer has like five different tiers because there's a lot of doers. There's some people that, that don't get shut down that you know, that, that um, they're not defenders, you know, and then they're not just dreamers, they do some things, but the speed at which they do it determines what the actual success they'll have is. Um, so if you may, everybody's gonna have some levels or moments of being a dabbler. I'll try something, not a level, I'll try something else. That's sampling life, totally get that. But if you came off as a doer, what you might find is you might be a doer as a walker, rider, driver, pilot, or astronaut. And if you can figure out which of those ones you are, that'll give you more clarity as to what you need to work on. I would like to say I'm I'm a doer pilot. I'm not an astronaut. An astronaut is like your Elon Musk's, your, you know, The Rock, you know, these different people. That's different tiers. Those humans see the world in a vastly different expanse. But I believe that I'm a pilot. Um, i do invest in information I, I get a chance to see kind of a little bit higher and i i remove roadblocks by making bigger investments cuz if you think about it if if you're like a walker you're essentially a person's a doer but you're you're all self-powered you're doing it on your own and it takes you forever to get anywhere if you ride still self-powered which is maybe like you bought a you you bought a book maybe you didn't even buy a book maybe you just read a little article or you googled something but you don't want to invest it's it's just cheap it's simple like i'm going to read this thing and i'm going to ride my bike there self-powered you can get there takes a little more energy than necessary. Or you're getting a car. A car is a great resource. Like this means you made a little bit of an investment. You spend some time to get your driver's license or buy a car, but that investment there is essentially saying like, look, I made this investment, which may be like, I bought a book, I went to a seminar. Um, I, I I invested a little bit. So I'm not only self-powered, I'm getting insight from other people, but there's still roadblocks. There's still detours, still takes time to get there. But a pilot, man, that's a person who says, look, I'm gonna make a greater investment. I'm gonna spend some, a greater investment of time and money and I'm going to get above it all. I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to join an actual coaching program with somebody that'll give me the insights that I actually need to elevate above all of it. So I don't get stuck at roadblocks to a straight shot to where I want to get to. And so if all those people are going from like, you know, California to Florida, obviously what you are in is going to get you there faster. The astronauts, while you're looking there saying, I want to go to Florida, they're saying, oh, it's okay. I'm going to the UK. I'm taking <laughs> off to Australia. I'm seeing something down here in Malaysia. That you don't even know about different level of sight.
0: Got it. Okay, well now that you go through those, I feel a little bit more like a pilot as well. Um I, another thing that came to mind as you were sharing that is just like the ability to know when something's not necessarily in your court or your expertise. Uh I feel like I'm a one one man show most of the time. Uh however, when it comes to like building a website or something, I'm like, no, like I got to I got to hire out for help for that because I can't do it by myself, but I Like it, yeah, for sure. But yeah, investing in coaches, investing in in gear, that kind of stuff makes makes a ton of sense to me. Um, but man, that what other ones were there other than doer and dabbler? I don't know if we touched Dabler, on
1: those. Dabbler is someone that uh, that essentially is like the shiny object syndrome. I try something, and then the moment that it's difficult, like I'll tackle an opportunity. The moment that it gets hard, I shut down. And people they dabble in stuff in life, and they'll dabble their entire life because they don't realize they're a dabbler. they get excited about an opportunity it goes bad or doesn't work out perfectly as planned they step to the next one the next one Um, then you have the person's a defender they've had success but they're leery about taking opportunity they'll tackle anything that comes as a problem because if it stands to attack their success they'll fight it tooth and nail however they don't expose themselves to new opportunities out of fear that they may lose face or something will go wrong And so he's like the undefeated boxer who's like, I don't want to take any more fights unless I know I'm going to win. So I'm not taking the opportunity to go on that title fight or to, you know, to keep going out there and doing my thing because I don't want to lose. Then you have the dreamer, someone who doesn't do well with opportunity, is deathly afraid of opposition. And so what they do is they dream all day long. A lot of things they dream of, but never end up becoming a doer or a dabbler or even a defender, right? They just sit there in dreamland for a lot of years, um, broke on the couch, unhappy.
0: So if you're someone who has a lot of passions and you really want to make sure that you're on the right path, what are some things you can do to make sure that you're going the right direction? You're honing in on the right thing and not the wrong thing. Uh, And what are maybe some pros and cons or consequences for pursuing the wrong thing for a long time?
1: Oh man, the con- we know what those consequences are. Those are like, your life is not what you want it to be. You get you get to the back end of all your effort and your, all your investment and you're still broken, broken inside. You're like, man, what's going on? Like I, I took all this time. And it's because me just, you did the, the wrong work. And I think for the majority of people who are successful. They just, they figured out what the right work was and they did it, even if it didn't feel good or it was scary, they just did that right work. And the right work, it shows up with pain, man. It always does. The right work's the stuff that will challenge you that will make you feel uncomfortable, that will be really difficult to do, but it's the right work. And if it was easy, you'd already have the thing, you want it, right? And, and, and the fact of the matter is most people wanna find the thing that feels comfortable and feels easy. And don't get me wrong, psychologically, there is some science behind habits and, and how doing the easy stuff will make things come to fruition. And it'll make it much easier. And that's all good and well. And there are ways to structure that around, but there are a lot of people who they just need to get on the damn horse and ride it, man. Just get stop thinking about every specific process to outwit the devil. Just go and go to work, you know? And it's those, those people that end up trudging through and they achieve the success they want. And it's because they spent some time going through the process of seeing what they got to work on and then doing the work and then staying successful. The crazy part is every single person who's, who's ever been successful in the world, they've all made a shift that we're talking about every person, that yourself included. When you started, like you went from a point of like, I'm just a guy doing my thing. to now I'm in this damn McDonald's and everybody knows me. There's a shift to who you are, your core. There's a shift to what you believe is possible. It's just a natural a transition. And not enough people have that. None of people put that into fruition intentionally. It's usually just a reactive situation, but you can intentionally, proactively go out there and make whatever shift you want. You just have to understand that it's going to happen at the edge of your comfort zone it's going to happen from you doing different stuff and it's usually going to happen from a different rhythm you install in your life a different identity you choose to upgrade into
0: and let's talk adversity too um you're someone i mean everyone goes through adversity but your story is is really kind of intense and there's a lot of ups and downs um and so you're someone who's had this experience just getting punched in the face by adversity and then somehow making it through and not only making it through, but making it through as a better person? Because when I think of someone who's been through what you've been through, I think you have like every excuse in the book to just not be at the top of your game like you are right now. And so mm-hmm. what are some things that you've done to just to power through that face adversity head on and come out a better person?
1: Um, You know, it's, it's a couple of things. Um, one is I have a really, a really specific way that I choose to live my life with the people in it. And so I, I am always making sure that I'm not sacrificing the wrong things to get something that I want. So I don't sacrifice my family. I don't sacrifice my health. Uh, I don't sacrifice my <laughs> anything that needs to, that, that should be that not sacrificed. Right. I do however, sacrifice like my pride <laughs> if I need to, my ego, when it needs to be done. And it leads me in the places where I could have uh, a lot more get accomplished, right? And and for me personally, man, uh, I'm always spending time trying to figure out what are the things that I got to do, not what are the things that look good or somebody said to do, but I I am always in touch with Anthony. I know who I am. Like it's a it's a very interesting thing, but a very confident thing that I have. Like I know who I am. I know what I like. I know why I like it. Uh, and I'll I'll take insight in from respected sources if necessary. For the most part, like I feel pretty good about who I am and where I'm going. However, I do know that every time I set a new goal, my immediate thing is I need to go and dig in a little bit deeper and find out what is the reason I don't have that yet. Like, why do I not have that success yet? What am I not doing there? And it's not for me to like to beat myself up, but it's to get really, really clear on the fact of like, if I was the person to have the success I want, the goal I want, I'd already have it. So I know that inherently I'm not that guy, let me figure out what that guy needs to be. What does, he need, what does he? How does he have to operate on a daily basis? What's that new rhythm he has to settle into?
0: And was that, I guess, a big part of how you approached sports too, and like being in college football and NFL football.
1: Uh, I think back then, though, no. I think for me back then, I was just trying to just, uh, just play my sports. I didn't have an idea of like what it what it would be. I had to do. You just you're always yelled at, like lift weights, run, do this. And it was all structured. When you get out of sports, there's no more structure. You're responsible for your structure. And that becomes difficult, man. It becomes interesting to have like someone tell you when to wake up and when to go home every day to where like, all right, it's on you, figure it out now. Like as a holder for a monster, you can get a job. I mean, the jobs are cool, but if you can't apply the same information. There's always this passion that's always boiling in the bottom of an athlete. There's always this drive to compete and to do something. And there's a, a level of comfort in crazy. And, uh, yeah, man. So football was, it was always something that was just there. It wasn't an intentional push. It was just always easy to do. But now outside of it, it is really, it's much harder because I have to make the structure. I'm making all the game plan by myself. I have no assistant coaches and teammates to run stuff. It's just solo. It's Anthony, you know? And, and whenever you get to the point of like looking at what life is, it is very, you know, similar to sports in terms of how I compete and push and do things. But it's, uh, it's all stuff that I think I learned from football more than I used in football.
0: Got it. And we could talk about that too, just like what happened to end your NFL career and why you aren't in football. What, what injury happened? What was that process like? What went through your head and how did you get over that? It was a conspiracy, an aliens? No, I'm just kidding. It was,
1: uh, well, I mean, what got me out I tore my shoulder. It was it, uh, NFL stands for not for long. You get in, you get hurt, you get out. And, and that was the journey, man. It was, uh, it wasn't something that was intentional, but I got to a point where, yeah, I, re- I hurt myself and then I realized that there were some things that I make choices on in terms of what the next stages of my life looked like. And I, and I could have easily, you know, kept fighting to stay in the league. I could have. But then in doing so, I would have put my family at risk from an injury I had and, and like, you know, the possibility of me having to pay for it and not the team. And then on top of that, like I, I just had this weird anxiety around the NFL. It, it was like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being there. But to be totally honest, it wasn't fun. Like it's not emotionally fun. The money's cool but the, the the pain and anguish of it, like it can get you. <laughs> it is a very cutthroat industry and world. Now, I that was had no play in the reason why I didn't go back, but it didn't hurt, you know? But the idea was like, if I was to go back, I would have had to put a waiver on my shoulder. And if I'd ever got hurt in the shoulder, no team would pay for it. So if I all of a sudden, you know, ruin my shoulder and it can't be, you know, and then no one's gonna repair it. I may not be able to do any kind of job because surgery is like a hundred thousand dollars. Like I'm gonna pay a hundred grand, to fix my shoulder, you know, like that's, that's, nobody's going to do that. So I was like, all right, well, either I put my family at risk or I press on with my life. And so I leaned into pressing on my life, which actually for me in hindsight was good, man. I saved my brain uh, from being beat up a whole lot. But on top of that, I got to, I got to enter into something that I believe I was actually made for, which is this, like of all things I do in my world, man, I believe this is the thing that God created my entire persona for. (laughs) Like he created me to do this thing here. And it's, it's a blast to get to do it because it allows me to do more than I ever could have done behind a helmet.
0: Well, I would agree with that. You just, man, you have a light and every time you show up anywhere, I'm sure that people recognize that light and you make people feel good. So there's a lot to be said with what you just said. And now that you're on the right path and you can really influence a lot of people. I think I kind of experienced something similar when, when I was in college and had that video go viral. I, you know, I was a nursing major. I was going into the medical field. And then when the video went viral, I switched majors to communications and started looking into social media advertising and creating content. And then boom, like now I'm on a completely different path, but it feels so much more right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes, man. And life presents itself to you. But think about how many people could have had that opportunity, but didn't go down the path. Like they just kind of, and not that everybody's going to get this, you know, beatboxing McDonald's moment. But there's going to be people that are presented with opportunities that just say, you know, ah, it's no big deal. I'm going to do that. And they walk away from it. Whereas you're like, no, I'm going to head down that path. And you, you uncovered something and, and led yourself in a place where you get to experience life in a different, more amazing way.
0: Absolutely. It's so true. You got to just show up. Um, have you noticed in your influence that you tend to to help a lot of athletes since that was your background? Or do you think it's a or I guess, do you know that it's a, a pretty broad audience and you're helping you're out there helping everyone?
1: Yeah, you know what? No, I don't actually do it. I don't work with a lot of athletes. It's a very interesting thing where right? you'd think that I would work with a lot of athletes. I don't. Uh, and it's not that I don't want to. It's just that what I do and how I, I speak about it, I just, I don't know. I've I've never framed it to athletes and never actually went down that trajectory. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because athletes still have not pulled the ego back. So they don't want to have, you know, help, we'll call it, which is very odd. Because there's this, uh, I, when I came out, I had this ego of like, I'm a former NFL guy. Nobody can help me. Right. I got this. And it was the dumbest thing in the world because my entire career, I had a coach, right? So why am I going to think that without having help, <laughs> I'm going to be able to do anything? And uh, And the people who in fact do become most of my clients are ones who have a goal, have an aspiration, but they've spent some time pulling the ego back at least to actually realize they need some help. And then they open the door to let me come in and help them.
0: Yeah, that just reminds me of some previous conversations I've had with uh with some guests on the show. I you might be you might know Daryl Stinson. Uh he's someone who's been on the show. Mm-hmm. He uh helps athletes um uh, transition from their athletics career to I guess, out of that into whatever passions they want or whatever careers they're going into. But another guest, Jeff Meyer, I'll have to introduce you to these guys if you haven't heard of them. Um, yeah. He is a mindset coach and he goes into uh, different sports teams and helps the team function better by just helping them understand their brains and their hearts and how they connect with each other. Okay. Um, but he has the same complaints that you said about it's very hard to reach their core because of the ego and I've got this and you don't know the real me kind of attitude. So man, it's but it's, it seems cool though that you've got these clients who have already peeled that back and they're open and receptive to whatever. Cause I'd imagine there's gotta be some sort of spiritual element to this and like real, like hard truth too.
1: There's some definitely, I mean, there's the thing is, it's there and people know it is this comes out of the same stuff there is some spirituality i'm a man of faith and i believe that there are you know there's a spiritual base to us all but if someone doesn't believe in this stuff it can't be used and then if they do it's like how do you get through to it uh, <laughs> and then at the same time it's like once somebody finally like sees somebody else having success in doing something there's two ways that people actually pursue the next stages and one's helpful one's not one is hey i do need to work on this i see that this is could help me um, I am not doing well right now. They pull the ego back and actually open up and roll. The other part of it, which most people do, and this is the wrong way to do it, is they they essentially go in and say, um, ah, this it's crazy. They demean it, they demonize it, they lower it so they can get down to their level and they don't have to feel bad about it. not do any work now. And so so many people choose the latter. They choose to demonize, diminish, judge something in a negative way. So they don't have to open up the mind to the opportunity that's there or the the you know the the possibility then they have to feel bad to work on something. And So whether it's athletes or non-athletes, this is a reality for everybody. It's far too many people look at things and, and they create immediate like excuses or judgments or statements that keep them tucked in that small space of the life they're living.
0: I guess to the listeners who are listening into this episode and they've just created their New Year's resolutions, they mm-hmm. want to hit 2021 off right uh, and make this the best year ever what are what are some of your i guess very beginning level or just initial first steps advice uh to them to make sure they hone in their identity and uh can really accomplish what they want to
1: uh I think this year the thing that i I tell people all the time is you need to uh you need to stop going big I think too many people are trying to go big and and big is. What I mean, like, big, go hard. I'm going to go crazy. Ah, you know, and it's, uh, it's like, cool. All right, cool. You do that. And guess what? You're going to be burned out, man. You shoot your load and you're done. And what I tell people is, and I, again, this goes back to the same rhythm thing, man. I, I, I just, it's all, If I could sit back and leave one thing for the world, it'd be like, you guys need to find your success rhythm. Whatever you want to have success, you know, find the rhythm that'll get you there, install it in your life and run it. Um, but I think what happens is too many people go big and they don't go small in a big way. When you go small in a big way, it's a complete game changer for what you'll have come 2021. What I mean by that is find those small things that you can do consistently that'll become part of your rhythm and go big on those. Do them every day, consistently, without fail. And what happens, it becomes this new like, way you do things. It becomes second nature. You don't even notice you're doing it anymore. And then all of a sudden, you start having success. And it just picks up and it builds momentum and more momentum and more momentum. There's people that have, you can hear it. There's people that as simple as getting a post-it note and writing the one thing that would be the biggest thing they could do that day and get it done, just having a post-it note and writing it out and doing it every day builds million dollar businesses. Cause as you grow, that one thing becomes the bigger thing, but it's that small, consistent thing. It's simple, they just went small in a really big way, but everybody wants to go big and huge and game time, right. So for 2021 or any year, if the rest of your life, I mean, I recommend people, you find out what are the things that if you went small on them in a big way, they'd lead you to the big thing and then focus on that.
0: Got it. I love that. Uh, as you were sharing that, the, where my mind wandered to was uh, uh gaming gamers and people mm-hmm. who because in 2020 that was a huge thing you know everyone's locked at home everyone's with the coronavirus and everything they're at home now huge mm-hmm. focus on home offices and home studios and things like that uh but there are so many streamers but there's only like a top few that like everybody knows right mm-hmm. but every single streamer s- starts off being like yo I w- i'm gonna be nick merks like that's gonna be my goal is to be this really big streamer uh and I like what you said. It's more of starting smaller and doing things, going all in on, the, on some of the small things mm-hmm. uh, versus starting with, I guess, the dream destination.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, you can, you, well, the thing is you want to have that dream in there. It's part of it. But then you don't only drive from that because then what if one day you don't want that thing? What if you're only in love with the destination? Well, if you fell out of love with the destination, well, then the journey dies and you don't go anywhere. So for me, it's like, I want you to fall in love with the day, not just destination. If you fall in love with the day and what you're doing every day, that's the small things. Do that in a big way, dude. And everything turns over. It becomes a complete different rhythm for your life. You're just, you're flowing in a different way. You can think about like good music. There's a good rhythm, man. It's just, it's it's enjoyable. You have fun, like oh, look at this music, right? But then some music makes you want to throw up. Like <laughs> my brother listens to music where like these guys, like oh, they're like, screaming with some weird throaty, like that is horrible. It's not even a rhythm; it's just yelling in the microphone. But it's a different rhythm, right? It's not my rhythm. It's not somebody's rhythm. Somebody enjoys it, right? So the idea is like if you can find out how to get to rhythm for your life that feels as good as like your favorite song, man, you'll realize that like that is the rhythm that'll help you have success. But it's got it's it's tied to morning routine. It's tied to the way you operate your schedule, how you dream, how you execute plans, how you plan in the first place, how do you stay consistent, all these little things. But when you can get that running in your life, everything else comes to fruition. It's not even productivity. I mean, you got to balance your your joy, your happiness, your relationships, all these things. It's all part of the, the, the music of your life, man. It's not just projects and create business. It's everything. And if you can create that and then start to understand how to run that, man, that's where everything becomes this amazing, beautiful thing you get to live every day.
0: Man, you said st- at least three things in there that if I was Brad Lee, I would have hit that drop in bombs button.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on his show too. He dropped it a couple of times. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: favorite quote from what you just said is fall in love with the day and not just the destination. That's really powerful, you know, to, to really fall in love with your everyday life and how you're living uh, and not just the destination. Um well, Anthony, I've got this segment that I do at the end uh, called The Upbeat Seats. Uh, are you mm-hmm. cool if we just kind of run into those questions real quick? Hell yeah. <laughs> Anthony, what makes you upbeat?
1: Um, you know what? I, what makes me upbeat is knowing where my life could have been. So I genuinely have an immediate gratitude of everything in my life at all times because I realize where I really could have been. So I'm like, I'm not there. Cool. So I'm always upbeat, man.
0: Who is your number one influence or inspiration?
1: Um, genuinely, it's Anthony. In like like five years, it's his future <laughs> Anthony. You know why? Because he's the only guy who I'll understand. I don't even understand anybody else's brain. I don't get my wife, and I've known her for you know 20 years now. Uh, but I know me and I know my brain. And so if I can get to the point of asking this guy later on, like, Hey man, was I a good guy? Did you, did you, did you appreciate me? Right. If he can say, yes, I've done a good thing. So I'm, I'm aspiring to be a guy that future me will like.
0: Awesome. I love that. Uh, and you kind of just alluded to this, but what kind of music do you listen to to stay upbeat and motivated?
1: Ah, uh, you know what I listen to? I listen to, uh, I listen to electronic music, not techno music. But like, like electronic, I don't even know what the genre is called. I could not even tell you. It's called chill music on, on Apple Radio. But I don't listen to, I, I don't even know the last time I listen to rap or R&B. If I'm in the car, my wife will make me listen to country music, which I, I know all the songs, but I don't know the names of the people singing them. Um, but dude, if I'm getting down to work and I want to like do something, I, I pop on chill music on the radio and it takes me to a different place.
0: This is kind of a side note, but have you moved to Texas yet or are you still? Uh, Still California. waiting,
1: man. I, I wish I was in Texas at the moment because California's all shut down.
0: Yeah, no. I it just got me thinking. I didn't know anything about country, and then I lived in Nashville for six months, and my whole world changed. So, if you, <laughs> if you move to Texas, country might be more, even more, a part of your life.
1: it at all, I hundred percent agree. Uh,
0: what is your favorite word?
1: Um, shift. That's my word, man. You know, it's fun as I have. Like, if you look in my my background, like this is my. Uh, my big little sign that says "Make Shift Happen." That's my thing, but shift is the word, man.
0: Awesome. And do you have a favorite TV show, or maybe one that you watch with your family?
1: Yeah, I watch a lot of shows with my family. A lot. You know, one that I've really enjoyed up recently is one called Schitt's Creek. S C H I T T.
0: I love that show. <laughs>
1: that show, man. You know, it's it, it's not anything bad. Like I have a lot of uh, friends who are homosexual. But usually it's like when you watch the shows, the TV shows, they're almost like too flamboyant. They overdo it. But David, bro, he's he's so funny. He's like the he's like the most enjoyable character that I've ever watched. That's like a homosexual. And I think the way they did, I watched the like the little thing after they did it to where it wasn't this thing where you made it a thing. It was almost like it was just norm. They they filmed the whole show as if it was norm. So it wasn't trying to be accepted or trying to be you know this is who I am. It was just like who he is, and like ah oh, it was cool. Like watching him be him was actually pretty interesting and uh it was fun it was one of my favorite shows probably. it's my yeah my favorite show at the moment of all time that I've watched
0: awesome yeah I watched over the pandemic and stuff I watched that show with my mom and both of us loved it absolutely loved David's part especially and uh, yeah so sense. if you guys haven't seen it go check out Shit's Creek so good. Uh, hashtag not a sponsor but whatever <laughs> 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 no it's just an amazing show uh okay last one again kind of silly here but uh What's your favorite Call of Duty, and do you want to squad up sometime?
1: Uh, I don't. My favorite Call of Duty was Modern Warfare. They don't make it anymore. My kids have this new war what, World War III or something, which is all right. But I'm an M16 guy with a red dot sight, and they, I can't seem to figure <laughs> out how to make this thing work the way it used to when I used to play years ago. I'm down, bro. Let me know. My my son got the PS5, and I got a PS4 in the in the theater room, so uh, we could rock and roll, bro. We'd hop on there and get <laughs> some work done.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, well, Anthony I'm going to close this out uh, with a beatbox. But before I do, I just want to put your your handles and links out there once more. Uh, where would you like people to go if they want to contact you or follow you?
1: Uh, just go to at Anthony Trucks on Instagram. man. That's like I do. That's probably the best. Or if you want to go to that quiz, hit the quiz. But yeah, if you go to Instagram, it's best way to find me there.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> there
1: you go I'm gonna have to hire you to do like a little outro or intro for me at some point in time who knows I might yeah that'd be go. we'll have it figured out
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'd be 100% down for that. So just let me know.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding right now. I'm actually in my head. I'm like, that'd be
0: pretty cool. No one does
1: that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, thanks again, Anthony, for being on UpBeats. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. And thank you for having me. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker King. At Parker